Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. In the world, there are information sources, institutions, individuals, um, media types, various forms of media that claim to give you information. And when we're born, we're born into all of the existing media outputs uh, that exist in the area where we grow up, where we're born, where we uh, live. We're taught to accept these information outputs as legitimate. For instance, as a child, you're sent to school and you're taught that you're sent to school to learn. Now, you may not think that that's such a critical uh, moment, but just the fact that as a child you think you're going to learn in school and that you're going to learn things that are important to you in school is an incredible imprinting on you at a very early age. You are led to believe that this place that you're going to be sent to every morning, uh, except for a few weeks in the summer, is going to teach you things uh, that are going to be valuable to you. Now, what you don't know is all the cultural um, influences and all the cultural machinations that go into what's being taught uh, to these children. But that's just one. Uh, we accept newspapers, we accept television, we accept elders when we're young especially as having knowledge of what we don't know yet. And we accept that what they tell us has truth and validity and will accomplish something for us. Some people somewhere along the line of this so-called being educated by the world uh, become frustrated with what they're taught, frustrated with what they're told and begin to understand that there's something missing in the information that's given to them and the information that's given to them is extremely limited in its ability to do things for them. However, before that will happen to you, you have to somehow lose faith in the information that you've been given. Something has to happen to you that indicates to you, I'm not getting anything here. And what I'm getting isn't right. There's something wrong. Now this happened to me at a very early age, about 11. And it happened with my mother. 
And it happened because my mother was an immigrant and didn't know this culture. And any time I, I, I would ask her a question about something that had to do with this culture, her answer was always something like this. Uh, it's dangerous, it's bad for you, stay in your room and don't do anything. Now, I wasn't the type that was going to stay in my room and not do anything. But I realized that she didn't know what to tell me. And the fact that she didn't know wasn't going to stop her from having an opinion. Now, this is something that each of us really need to be told about. You're going to ask questions to people who don't know the answer, and just because they don't know the answer is not going to stop them from having an opinion and telling you about it. This is one of the underlying difficulties in existence. The fact that people are constantly telling you what they think as if it had merit, as if it could do something for you. And in reality, it can hinder you, lead you astray, or bring you into difficulty. This continues throughout life. And this continues with experts. How many doctors make inappropriate diagnoses because they think they have to come to a conclusion? How many lawyers, and I've seen this personally, tell people how to solve their situation when they don't know and get them into more trouble than they were in when they began, before they went to him. So, what's the point? The point is that we have to be incredibly careful as to who we listen to and our sources of information. We have to be very careful as to what we accept. And we have to learn how to differentiate what we can accept and what we won't listen to. Um, when people have asked me questions about what are the more important things you need to know, uh, for instance, in the practice of law, and my first answer is always something like this, you need to know what you don't know. And you need to be able to answer a question, I don't know. If you can't do that, because of pride, because of arrogance, because of your position, because you fear you're going to lose the client, <laughs> because you fear that the money flow is going to stop coming. If you can't do that, you're going to get people in trouble, you're going to embarrass yourself, and you just are not going to do appropriate things. And by the way, if you start doing this, you keep doing it, and it spirals totally out of control. So, what do we do? Well, we have to begin to figure out where we can, in fact, find some inkling of what is true. Now, from the time I was 11 until 
I graduated all through my various uh, academic uh, wanderings. Uh, I never thought I was learning anything that was in any way useful to me. Uh, it never got me in touch with understanding what was going on in my existence. And uh, I read a phrase recently uh, that I thought was very appropriate. It went something like this. Um, in the pursuit of understanding existence, intellectuals study the scriptures. Mystics study themselves. Now, the interesting thing about studying yourself is somebody can point you and give you some instruction as to how to study yourself. But the source of information for that study is going to come internally. You're going to see things that you've witnessed your whole life as the reels of your memories flash before you. And if you're honest, those reels will begin to convey certain truths to you. For instance, you'll see that you were successful at times in your endeavors and that which you wanted to occur, occurred. You'll also see that at other times you were unsuccessful and that which you wanted to occur didn't occur. You'll find out that in your own being there was a change in your state when things went the way you wanted them to go and things didn't go the way you wanted them to go. You'll also find that things went certain ways not necessarily because of things that you did. They just went that way. You'll begin to see that things go on that have nothing to do with all of the things that we were told we were going to learn in school, in college, in graduate school, or that we were taught by others. Some of you may have gone to doctors and had a diagnosis that was X, Y, and Z. All of a sudden, whatever it was, wasn't a problem anymore. But they can't tell you why it wasn't a problem anymore. Some of you may have been involved in some kind of financial dealings that was going south. And all of a sudden, it went north for no obvious reason. Or you were convinced it was going north and it went south also for no obvious reason. We have all these people who look after our economy in the United States and then all of a sudden the economy takes a turn and nobody can quite explain why. If you listen to financial stations on television, there's a group of talking heads that are constantly explaining things 
and every day different words come out of their mouths and if you listen to them on a consistent basis you realize that the only thing they're really good at is talking that the prognostication and the reasoning may be sound intellectually but isn't sound as far as why things occur there are some who will spot this anomaly in the world that things don't exactly happen because people are making them happen that things happen because of other reasons from other sources and when this becomes apparent then we begin to look in different places for answers to things it all became apparent to me and i began to look in different places and i found a wise teacher when i was 26 years old who began to explain things to me in a way that i had never heard before who began to talk about a power that exists outside of what we see that, that the language is not exactly clear that exists within everything that we see that is not what we see that's other than what we see there's an invisible power that controls and runs things that we're not in touch with and we don't know and that in order to get in touch with this power we have to begin to study ourselves and know who we are and that there are lots of traps on the way to finding this out and in the course of this study religion attempts to tell you that its study is going to take you to that place that you'll develop a certain holiness by becoming involved in the religion and doing the things that the religion tells you there's a story about the danger of this uh that goes something like this a man was in mecca and he was sitting at the place where the zamzam well is and somebody came to offer him food and he wouldn't take it he said i am subsisting on the zamzam and the same man came to him every day to offer him food and about a week went by and he was still answering the same way and the man looked at him and he said well what will you drink when the zamzam well runs dry and the man stood up kissed the man who had told him this on the forehead and said i have been worshiping zamzam for the last week you've cleared me and he walked away in the world and in our studies we're going to find 
that we become fixated upon things that we think are holy that are just blocks to the truth that we've gotten trapped. Can you be agile enough to say, wow, I was trapped, I was fooled, and then move on? Can you do that? Can you see what's presented to you and actually accepted and then move to the next step? Each of our different stories has different situations. Each of us falls in to different traps. Each of us thinks that we will find peace in different ways. Each of us has to know what those ways are for ourselves and whether or not they're true. And we have to make that decision constantly because every time we become enamored too greatly by something, it pushes us back and this guy with the zumzum water was only trapped for a week. Imagine if you're trapped for a year or 10 years or 20 years in a ritual that uh, is taking you nowhere. Uh, Bawa used to tell stories, uh, whether they were true or figurative, I don't know. But the point is, he said he stood on one foot for 15 year, 12 years, 15 years, and then he found out that you didn't get anywhere by standing on one foot. The point is that he did it, and he watched it, and then he realized what happened. Are we able to say to ourselves, I was in a time of ignorance, I didn't know, and I acted anyway? Or do we become like the rest of the people in the world who continue to have very strong opinions about things that don't make any sense, even though we know they don't? And this is constantly... An astonishing thing when you run into it. When you sit and talk to people who have these enormously strong opinions and don't have any idea what they're talking about. And if you have an expertise in something and you're smart enough to keep quiet and listen, you'll see this happen quite often. Uh, one, of the defin one, one, one of the ways uh, to gain wisdom is when you have something to say, don't. <laughs> and <laughs> you'll find that in, in restraining yourself, uh, there's often an awful lot uh, to learn. What's the point of all this? The point is that Allah is a power. And Allah is the beginning and Allah is the end. Allah is all the things in between. Yet, we constantly imagine things other than Allah as the reason for our being at that moment. We imagine things other than Allah as that which pushes 
or that which pulls or that which makes things happen. There was a Bedouin who went up to a Sufi and he said to him, come with us in the desert, then you'll understand trust in God. You see, you are constantly thinking that when you get to the next town after you're wandering, there'll be food for you. Come to us where there's no imaginations. Come to us where we know there's nothing ahead of us. <laughs> That'll explain trust to you. That'll explain belief in God to you. Now, I don't know if we have to go to those kinds of extents, but we do have to learn to change our state so that actual trust in what the true mover and shaker is begins to exist in us. Actual trust in what makes things happen is what exists in us. But in order for that to be, a lot of other things have to be within us. You see, if you begin to believe that God is in charge, certain things are going to happen. If you don't like the way things are, if you're still attached to results and to outcome, you're going to start fighting with God. You're going to be dissatisfied with God. So, if we're going to put trust in God, something else has to come along with that. And that is a station within ourselves that's satisfied no matter what occurs, that is content no matter what the result, that is positive and continues to stay positive no matter what goes on around it. Because if you can't stay in that state, you can't stay in a state of trust. God betrayed me. I believed in God and he let me down. I really needed this and he didn't give it to me. Doesn't he care? Doesn't he know me? I gave him everything I had and I didn't get what I wanted. We need to have an attitude that is accepting of what occurs. And we can only understand our attitudes if we deeply watch ourselves. This watching, this getting to know ourselves, is strenuous, hard work. And maintaining that equilibrium of calm and peace is hard work. Imagine juggling six balls. Well, you've got to make sure that when you juggle your arrogance and your ego and all of the nafs, the lower, the lower portions of yourself that are going on inside of you, you've got to keep them at bay from the truth of you and from your peace. You can't let your peace be affected by what goes on in the world. You can't let your peace be affected by what goes on in your personal circumstances. And you have to understand that there's constantly going to be 
certain situations in the world that are uncomfortable and certain situations in your personal circumstances that for most people would be uncomfortable. But you have to remain comfortable because your station is not in the midst of discomfort. Your station is in the midst of the grace and the glory of Allah. Your station is with Him in trust of Him and in the belief that perfection is and that you abide within it. Good work if you can get it. And you can get it if you try. And we have to put in the effort. Uh, the Arab said to the Prophet, I am putting my trust in Allah and not tying my camel. And the Prophet said, tie your camel and put your trust in Allah. Our effort is tying our camels. Our effort is doing everything that's appropriate in the world and accepting what we have. It's called the state of Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah means all praises to God. So whatever happens, all praise is to God. We are in the station of contentment. We are in the station of repose. We are in the, the station of praise to Him. All praise to Him. Alhamdulillah, Allah. Alhamdulillah, Allah. Alhamdulillah, Allah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.